Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 604, recorded live on August 4th, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who had his community day yesterday, Dave Pillay. Hi! And the man who will have a community day next weekend, Andy Lowe. Hi. Next weekend is the uh, Harry Potter Wizards United Community Day. Wizards Unite Community Day. Wizards Unite Community Day. Uh, have they added anything to it yet other than, hey, we've got this thing that we're calling Community Day. Hold on. Let me let me, let me me look up, because they, they put on the website what the Community Day is entailing this time. Community Day, August 2019. Coming August 10th. This month's Community Day bonuses include yeah. XP bonuses when participating in Wizarding Challenges with additional bonuses for playing with friends. So go do Wizard Challenges. Yes. Free store pack inclu- featuring Spell Energy, which... That's, that's nice of them. Yes. Uh, healing potions brew quicker and offer more stamina when consumed. Okay, but healing potions are like one of the worthless potions. Hey, maybe you don't want to wait 30 seconds. Okay. Um, ingredients used to brew healing potions appear more frequently on the map. And potions brewed using a rental cauldron will have their brew times reduced by 33%. Okay, so that they're at least trying, right? It's, it's more than, like, the first community today, where it was just kind of like, oh, there's an increased spawn rate, and that's it. Ta-da! Which, you know, was bad because there was already a Brilliant event going on at the same time. So, yeah, so increased spawn rate of the Brilliant event? <laughs> it, no, it was just an increased spawn rate, in, I think, of certain items. But then, you know, uh, Dark Detectors worked better, if I remember correctly, as well, which also increases the spawn rate. So a lot of people's, basically, systems were crashing under the load of the amount of things appearing on their screen. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Okay, so so wizarding challenges will give bonus XP. Yes. That's not too bad. Nope. Am I excited? Nope. No? Nope. People have been waiting for community day, community day for Ralts for, like, years. Since community days started, people were asking for Ralts. Yeah, no, so um... It was, a, it was a good Pokemon Go community day. Yeah, our, uh... Uh, we went to and, a wedding. And and Niantic added another layer to it, which is that every egg that you got, which is like the port keys from, from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. all resulted in a Ralts. They all hatched into Ralts. Ah. With the increased shiny rate, and it was quarter distance on egg hatching. Yeah, the uh, we went to a uh, a wedding reception up in Flint because the wedding was out in... Uh, Albuquerque? Yeah. California? Sorry. Sorry, the wedding was in California. The couple lives okay. in Albuquerque. Um, Albuquerque. Wedding was in California. Um, but they have family in Michigan, sort of like, hey, you know, if you couldn't come out to California, we're hosting a little reception. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it was nice. Got, you know, it was, it was, a, it was like a family reunion slash wedding reception. Cool. Um, and yeah, no, the uh, some of the cousins are big into Pokemon. So yeah, yeah, they were just the, uh, I'm not sure what the Pokemon version of the building was, but it was definitely a fortress for Harry Potter. 
Okay. So they were they were just I'm guessing just sitting there. I wonder if it was a poker stop or not. It, well, it's either a stop or a gym. Those are yeah. the only two options. And if it's a gym, it's also a stop. Hold on, I'm looking at the pogo map to see. Where's Flint? Flint's up here. Flint. Yes, it is. Okay. Do, do, do. No locations found on the map. Stupid community-based <laughs> mapping. Well, because people only... Yeah. People will only map where they're at. Niantic doesn't... Well, Niantic doesn't have uh, a map that is all of them. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't... It won't tell me what's there. No. Oh, wait. No, wait, wait, wait. I was looking in the wrong spot. I was looking in the wrong spot. It's a Pokestop. So, yeah. So, they were sitting on top of a Pokestop during Community Day. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor guys. They couldn't go out anywhere. That's true, they, yeah. That so, they couldn't... was lured, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, it means I need to go onto uh, the, the Madison area Harry Potter map and find a fortress in range of at least one inn, preferably two or three, where, like, you can sit. Oh, I, I actually know a park here in Portage where the play structure is the fortress and a couple of the signs are inns, so you can, and they're, um, they're, I don't know if they're, are they green roof inns or brown roof inns, but they're, they're one of the top two levels of inns. Do, do the different types of inns, I thought they all had things that ranged from three to ten. Um... I th- they I think they do, but I think the smaller wins, which are the pink ones, yeah, and the blue ones, um, more I frequently think, give. Well, I think they, yeah, things. I think they have lower odds of getting higher level stuff. Oh, gasp, gasp! I say. Uh, no, I don't want. Harry Potter, and I don't want to know about the win, the ins in the book. I want to know about the ins in the game. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so yeah, there is the green, pink, blue, brown, and purple. Green roofs are the best. Hmm. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pink is the lowest level. Blue is uh, it's I think blue is a step up from that, and then it's. I don't know. I've never actually seen a purple in before. Yeah, neither have I. But yeah, no, we, uh, there's, I do believe, yeah, it's a green in across from work for me, which gives the best rewards. And I, th- I'm not sure if they're a green in at the park or if they're brown ins, but they're still like one of the top levels, one or two levels. So, Ooh, you know. So you can get like all the good stuff. Yes. And keep, like you could just take Isaac to the park. Yep. And hang out there. Yep. On the picnic table that's, you know, within two of the inns and the fortress. And then just do your community day there without moving. Yep. Now keep in mind, you get bonuses for having more people in there with you. So ideally you find, like, four other people. I'm guessing Kate would be one to go with you. (laughs) I hope Kate would be with me. But yes, finding other people there, that would be the... Yep. Kate's got some ideal. knitting people that she's friends with. <laughs> oh, mean, they're I, not I, local? Oh, that won't we work. Could, we could drive out there and hang out with you for community day. That would seem very silly. It would. That would not be a, a good use of a drive. Yeah. And Kate also has a po- good point that normally one of us is watching Isaac. So yes. we would have to pick a low enough level that somebody else could basically solo 
or just one person with two phones. That's hard to do. Having done that, especially where you have to, you know, move your finger over the thing. Yep. You just have to be very careful about what things you're picking at what point. Granted, since both of us are professors, we both have the deterioration hex. Yeah, we could, we could literally defend our way through the, the fortress, which only would require, like, one swipe every couple of seconds. Yep. Uh, probably just not, not a good idea. Maybe I'll go out, though. Maybe we'll do community day. Go community day was fun. I also uh, built some stairs this this weekend. <laughs> What's your rise over run for them? Well, it's a step. Oh, so you didn't so, build stairs. You built a stair. Well, but but we built three of them. So we built the, the porch, right? The, the deck in the backyard. Well, we added stairs to the deck. I just sent you a picture. It should show up momentarily. Oh, okay. So you built three separate ones. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. We built stairs. Not a set of stairs. We built three stairs. You went with the angled look. Okay. Well, the the ground falls away there. Well, no, no. I'm just looking at your deck topping. Oh, yeah. Could you not get planks long enough to go... uh, Oh, we absolutely could. This, This was nicer. I'm hoping you had a good miter saw. We we did have a good miter saw. We used it quite extensively. Yes, I, as you would for dealing with <laughs> deck planking on a 45. Yep. Turns out Ryobi makes a really nice miter saw that does, like, a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, the backyard looks a lot better now. That's that's what most of my weekend was. Community day was tacked on to the end of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was uh, looking at somebody else's message to me. Okay. There was something else I needed to... Oh, I do have a... Yeah, okay. Um, Topics. Yes. Topics, Andy. You do all this hard work of finding these topics for us. (laughs) And then we spend time talking about decking. Perfect placement of of Pokemon stops versus decking versus... um, now, do you, did you use an impact driver for the screwing that stuff down, or did you use a <laughs> drill? Uh, we used both. We had a drill to put in the pilot hole, okay. and then we have an impact driver to actually put the screws in. Gotcha. And so we used decking screws on the top, and we used much longer and stronger screws on the foundation and the pieces on the inside. Uh, the pergola over on the left side of the picture was already there the pergola on the right side of the picture is what we added in laura was asking if i could get the uh the same curve from the one on the left if i could redo that on the one on the right uh do you have a bandsaw well no also i'm not taking those down to go and make that curve (laughs) that Uh, that would be a lot of work andy to take those down oh and put the curve on them and put a curve on them. Well, you just need some ladder slash scaffolding. Yeah. Um, you go take a piece of cardboard and measure the curve on one of these. Yeah, and, and make a template. And then make you a go template, and draw yeah. the template on that, and then you just use like a Dremel. Not a Dremel. You just use a handheld jigsaw to uh, 
Well, I don't have a handheld jigsaw. I would have to use a Dremel. That would take you forever. One, two, three, four, five, six. So 12. Yeah, I'd have to do it 12 times. Probably not happening. Well, you, yeah, you could cut yourself, you know, some slack by basically cutting, using this, a circular saw just to cut, you know. The angle. An angle, and then, and then, and then you know, yeah, use the, a jigsaw to, to make yep. it a curve. Yep. Or I could just leave it and not Or you could just leave it. Yes, that is also true. I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so the, the hardest part is that those two stairs, and we've got to move off of this because no one else can actually see this picture, which means this is kind of stupid. Uh, those two stairs are theoretically at exactly the same height so that eventually that small stair off to the left could extend out and it would match the stair that's going across the long side. I see. Which that will be a fun cut to make that level. Yeah, because yeah. the right side drops down. But yeah, that's that's what my weekend was. Mm. Uh, some other people had a good... I guess that wasn't this weekend. That was like last weekend. Some people had a good last weekend uh, where they had the Fortnite World Cup. Oh, where everybody got a chance to play and then they whittled it down to the top 200 and then from there? I don't know. Was it was it just open enrollment or were there qualifiers? Well, yeah, there were. It was an open qualifier. OK. Yeah. Uh, Thirty million dollar price uh, purse prize purse. Is that the largest so far? Ten largest prize pools in esports. Yeah. 2019 Fortnite World Cup uh, beat the internationals by $5 million. (laughs) Although International 9 has already beaten the Fortnite World Cup finals. International 2019 total prize pool is at $31 million. Jesus Christ. Oh, they, that's, that's cute. They put a graph on so that you can even see the different prize purses at different points in time and how they grow. Damn. Andy, we got to start playing Dota. Um, no. No? No. No? I'm not good with the twitchy games. Yeah, is it twitchy though? It kind of is. Um, so anyway, $30 million prize pool. $3 million to the winner. Yeah. A 16-year-old kid from Pennsylvania. Who played for eight hours a day, five days a week. So it's a full-time job. Yeah. But made $3 million. Now, knock off some huge portion of that for taxes. Half. Half. Sure. Well, that's that's what you always assume when you know somebody wins a lottery prize pool. You just assume half will go to taxes. Okay, so that's still one point five million dollars. Yeah, to a fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old kid, sixteen-year-old kid who hopefully will be investing in it. Yeah, one point five million is not quite enough to live off the interest, but it is darn close. Yeah, he's got the one thing available to him, which is time. Yep. If you were to just throw that into some account somewhere and just not worry about it, he can retire pretty early yep. and have a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Playing Fortnite. <laughs> yep. 
So which, that's that's one topic. That's my topic. Well, which is funny though, because Fortnite, if I remember correctly, the numbers are actually going down. Finally, the player count. Yeah, possibly. I don't know, man. Kids love this game. I should probably try it at some point. Also, Dota Two. I should probably try that at some point. But like, why do that when I have? Oh, I guess it's already in my library, huh? Epic Games yeah, releases Fortnite. The, yeah, this is this is actually what the real numbers are. It's like, yeah, okay, you got the prize pool. Yeah, nineteen thousand fans at the at, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Event. Yeah, it looks like two point three million viewers across YouTube and Twitch during the finals. Two point three million. 2.3 million viewers during the finals with 19,000 people going to attend it in person. That's not... See, it sounds like a lot, but then you look at the Super Bowl and, like, how many people watch the Super Bowl? Yes, but the Super Bowl it has its own spectacle with the commercials. Okay, but I'm... I'm okay, so this was 2 million people, right? 2.5? Yes. The Super Bowl is 98 million. It is 50 times larger. Yeah, I, okay, so just curious, um, since it had happened earlier this year in May. Um, 14.3 million to view the Kentucky Derby. 14 million people? 14 million people watched the Kentucky watched the Derby. Kentucky Derby? Yes. NBA Finals. Game 7 of the 2016 Finals was the network's highest rated NBA game with a 31 million viewer. So, I think it's it's fair to say <laughs> esports has a little ways to go. Yes. Uh, Dota to viewership the international's detailed stats oh oh andy oh i may have found the website for you <laughs> titled detailed stats uh dota 2 internationals year over year that is not formatted at all which kind of sucks hours watched oh god Unique channels, 400. Average number of concurrent viewers at the spike, which I believe was the internationals, as 3,000 people. That's not very many. Summary. Channel overview. Sports. Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding numbers, but it's, it's just not nearly that high. Peak viewers. Overall peak. For Dota 2 Internationals, 15 million people. That's pretty respectable. That's the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Keeping in mind that the Internationals is an entire tournament, not just one thing. How did we get on this? We were talking about Fortnite. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, esports is a thing. We've been saying it for a while. It's got a long ways to grow, but like... When your tournaments are $30 million and they can go to a 16-year-old kid, that kind of changes the perception of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you watch the NBA Finals, you do not think, I could do that, right? 
Yes, I you, assume, you, Andy? You, you you think you could do that. Do you, no, for for the NBA Finals, you do not think you no. could do that. No, that's true. Right? Yes, the NBA Finals, no, I I don't think I could do that. Right. If you if you are watching like professional footballers, you, you you're like, "Nope, that's I I'm not I couldn't do that." Like no matter how much I trained, I couldn't do that. But when you watch esports, you're there there's something else and I don't know if it's real. I don't know if actually maybe I like I watch this, I say, you know what, I bet you if I put in the time, if I put in the effort, I could do that. Are you here, Andy? No, I'm just honestly thinking, you know, the amount of time and effort that it would have to, I would have to do it, and I, it's, I, I just don't, yes, it's one of the things that everybody thinks they can do it, but. But can they? Yeah. And that's, that's my question, like, I don't know. If is is this kid playing on a different level? Like, is this Tiger Woods of golf where I go out to the golf course and like, ah, fuck it, man, I'm not playing at the Masters level and there's no way I could ever play at the Masters level. Although golf does feel like a more approachable one that like, given time and effort, I could I could be good at that. You you know what? I what? I, I can I can correlate to this somewhat because how many people look at the sport of curling and think, you know what, I could do that. <laughs> how how many people? I mean, that would assume that a lot of people actually look at curling. Where people are like, oh, you know, look at these guys. I could I could do that. I could go I to could, the Olympics could, for curling. Throwing a rock down the ice, like Yeah, I you know, as people you know, people, oh, curling, that's you know, I could do that. And it's like, okay, come out and try it. And they try it and they're like, oh my God, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, because yeah, I feel it's like it, work. I feel like it's something like that where yeah, you look at it and you go, oh, okay, that seems very simple. But yeah, I wonder, you know, but if, like, don't if we, you feel? Don't you feel like you could watch? Like you could, you could do that. What these, what they're doing in Fortnite and in Dota. Believe me, I've, I've, well, I, you know, I tried Heroes of the Storm for a bit, and I just there were people at a whole nother level. That I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. it it is rather impressive. Yeah, I just look and I go, mm-mm, nope, not for me. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have then, sir? Um, speak- we can we can dovetail this into other esports, which is to say Hearthstone. Oh, and the new cards that should be coming out. What? When does the expansion in, in drop? Particular. Zephyr the Gr- Zephyrus Zephyrus the Great. Uh, August sixth. Ooh, Tuesday. Tuesday the expansion drops. That's pretty close. That is pretty close. But yes, one of the cards in the expansion. Um, because they 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 started a uh, a card item called Discover. Which gave you three options of cards to pick from. And you could pick yes. one of the three. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. There's there's a lot of discover, like discover a mage spell. You're mm-hmm. like, cool, I get to poof, I get to cast a spell. Because it was three of any of that kind. Yes. Right. So this is this is discover what? This Zephyrus the Great. Basically, discover the perfect card. Discover I'm sorry, the perfect card. That's what it says. 
what what defines the perfect card? Well, it depends on what's going on in the board. See, this is what makes Hearthstone so cool as compared to something like Magic the Gathering. You could you literally could not do this with Magic the Gathering. There is no possible way to do this with a physical card set. Nope. So what happens is the games has a quote-unquote AI, which is probably just a giant if-then list. Um, but it will look at the, the way the board is. So it looks at the conditions on the board. Yes. If, if you will, it looks at the game state. Yes. Is, is what it would usually be referred to. And from that magic... Um, it gave, you know, it gave him cards depending on what the board looked like and, you know, what turn he played it on. So one time he dropped it on turn two and was given a choice of mm-hmm. Brightwing, Animal Companion, and Wild Growth. Mm-hmm. These, these cards, I, I know the names, but I, like, that is meaningless to me. Um, basically, uh, it gave him a couple pretty good options. Um, I've got to remember what Brightwing does exactly. Okay. I think for, it's for it's like a mage card that... Does uh, it... Yeah. Like, uh, is Zephyrus only based on what's currently on the board or, and, and your class, I assume? Or does it know what is in your deck and therefore potentially what kind of deck you have? Um, da, da, da. Okay, so the guy says... It looks at all the basic and classic cards, rates them all into categories, and gives you the best cards from the best categories. It tries to give you meaningful choices, and generally that means AoE, single target removal, and proactive play. So you can pick which one you need. Okay. Like later in the game, uh, he played it on turn 9 against a full enemy board, and it offered Flame Strike, which is a soft board clear. Ancient of War, which is a huge taunt minion, and Brawl, which is a pretty hard board clear. So it gave him, you know, if he's facing a full board, it gave him two really good options to clear that board. So it's, it's, so far, it seems to be interesting. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the actual expansion drops on Tuesday. So if somebody gets this guy, because he's, you know, a neutral legendary, um, be interesting to see how it plays. But yeah, no, you could not do this in a physical card game. No, not not at all. I mean, for goodness sakes, like the there's a there's a bomb warrior deck going out right now, and all it does is basically just sh- keeps on shuffling bombs into your opponent's deck. Trying to do that with a physical deck would just be ridiculous. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, no, the game actually, like, looking at your board and just, you know, seeing what's going on is is nuts. Yeah. So speaking of physical versus digital, I can swing this as well. Go for it. Because EA uh, released their financial numbers for the first quarter. Ooh. Nothing, you know, no really big major releases going on. But the surprising number is, is that 47% of its total unit sales were not physical. Were not physical. So, they, were, they were now digital across all games. 
Uh, kind of scary. So yeah, digital sales, 47% of its total unit sales were digital. 47%? 47% of its total unit sales were now digital. Now digital. Well, that would explain GameStop stock. <laughs> which is now at, like, three bucks. <laughs> GameStop struggles continues as the company lays off 50 managers. Ooh. Yeah, they're in deep shit. Which is too bad because, you know, it's, it's, you, you look at, you know, the, the gaming section of, you know, Target, Walmart, and Best Buy, and you're just like, there, there's no, there's not really any help there. I can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, no one, no one knows the games, yeah, right? I, I can't, you know. Yeah, I, it was my birthday last year, you know. Isaac was out sick, so I was taking him around. And, uh, you know, I, we were waiting to pick up his medication at Target, so I just went down to the GameStop just down the uh, down the strip mall from him. And I went to GameStop, you know, like, you know what, I feel like I should get myself something for my birthday. So I asked the guys, like, you know, you know, I'm I'm kind of interested in this, you know, genre and this genre. And he asked me, like, well, what about this, this, and this? And he's like, well, you know... Have you done Watch Dogs yet? And I'm like, no. No, I have not. And he's like, well, you know, it's it's not expensive. I think it was like five or six bucks. He's like, yeah, just go. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Yeah. But yeah, I would go to somebody at Target and ask their electronics department about that, and I have a feeling I would not get the same level of customer service. Uh, or they'd try and push something onto you. Yes, because, you know, that was pushed onto them. Yep. Wow, Watch Dogs is still thirty bucks on Steam. Yep, that's a that's a lot. Yeah, getting a used three hundred and sixty copy version of it, that's not as expensive. Nope. That said, go play Watch Dogs. It's an incredible game. Well, Dave, would you like to come over here and babysit my child while I play games? Uh, no. If if I were to do that, I would have you play Legend of Zelda instead. I'd say he goes to sleep at some point, but, like, that's when you actually get your stuff done. Well, yesterday is an anomaly, but normally he's down by, like, finally 10.30 or so. Uh-huh. And I normally am trying to get to bed by 11. That's not a lot of time. Nope. Do things. Nope, not at all. Nope. Okay. In any case, we should... We we might want to move on. Well, we can move on to Steam if you want to. Steam? Yes, because they... Uh, Steam Steam Labs. We, yeah, we talked about the Steam Labs stuff. Uh, according to their Steam Labs update that they posted, the interactive recommender is actually working out really well. Nearly 10,000 different games have been added to wishlists from the interactive recommender page so far. That's good. Um, you can now exclude some of your recently played games while generating recommendations. So, Dave, if you really wanted to, you could, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if you have got Factorio through Steam, but if you did, you can exclude that. Why would I do that? Why, why would I exclude my, my 1,727 hours? Because I feel like that number would kind of skew your <laughs> your ratings. Well, except that... Perhaps there's something there, Andy, that says if you like this and other people who like this like this thing, maybe you do too. I kind of want to start a, a thread on the Factorio Reddit and see, like, what kinds of Factorio players are there. 
I have a feeling there's more than just one one style to the game, that there's more than one way people like to play the game. It It is so highly rated. It is so ridiculously highly rated, Andy. Factorio on Steam. Recent reviews, overwhelmingly positive. All reviews, overwhelmingly positive. Um, but yeah, so the other update was that half-hour... Um, algorithmically generated video about Steam games. Yeah. Um, it was basically everybody saying that 30 minutes was too long, which now makes me wearied about television in the future. <laughs> so yeah, so now there is a two and a half minute version of the top 20 games released on Steam during June. A two minute 42 second video about solely about VR games on Steam. Cool. Cool. And now there's a minute-long video that is a bunch of three-second clips of horror games, which I don't know if I want to click that. Don't don't click that. Leave the link blue. Do not click. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other video game stuff? Uh, I'm start. I'm still reeling from like the high forty percent EA numbers. That's just so much. Uh, Google is trying a play pass. To what? Well, um, company is testing PlayPass, $5 a month. Yeah. Access hundreds of premium apps and games with no ads or in-app purchases. Oh, so it's, it's the Play Store. Not. It's a, it's a subscription to the Play Store. Yes, but, you know, selected apps in the Play Store. So, you know, you could try out Stardew Valley, Marvel Pinball. They have other apps in there as well. They have it. They're currently testing it for $5 a month. It's not bad. I might pay for that. I could see doing that. There's some pretty good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it will all depend on what is actually available. So yet again, you know what? I just thought of two things. One, subscriptions to services becoming a a bigger and bigger thing. The other, I just thought about GameStop again, as I unfortunately often do. Um, Andy, how much does Fortnite cost? I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. Zero. It's all based off of... Fortnite's free to play. It's it's free to play. It's all in-game transactions. How much does Dota cost? Zero. How much does Hearthstone cost? Zero. How much does Heroes of the Storm cost? Zero. How much does Player Unknown Battleground cost? That one I don't know actually. That one might cost actual money. Uh thirty dollars on okay. Steam. But like most of these big games that lots and lots and lots of people are playing are free. Yeah, but you still have the really big games. Heck, you know, Grand Theft Auto V just came out with another expansion, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. That, that's a triple-A title. Yeah. You know, FIFA is big. Yes. That, that was the thing FIFA. that EA was talking about during their numbers, was like, right now it's like, hey, we don't have any big titles. So basically this is like a baseline quarter. Yeah, FIFA and Madden are, are their, you know, standards. Yeah, uh, FIFA, Madden, Sims 4. 
Yeah, uh, said on the company's investor call that Q1 is anticipated to be the company's quietest quarter of the financial year with no major new release. Quarter 2 expects to see FIFA 20, Madden, NFL 20, NHL 20, Sea of Solitude. Quarter 3 will have a new Need for Speed title, a new Plants vs. Zombies? What? <laughs> and wait a minute. I didn't wait, hear about wait that. A, rewind that <laughs> rewind. record player. A new Plants vs. Zombies title? I, I wouldn't get your hopes up, sir. I know. I I remember playing PVZ two, yeah, for a hot minute, and then yeah. stopped. Dropped like it's hot. <laughs> um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order NBA Live twenty. So there are still a lot of a lot of things coming. A lot of things coming that are you know going to cost people money to buy. That's an ad. I didn't want an ad. Nope. Uh, what else do we have then? Yeah, okay. Top 10 most played games in 2019, ranked by peak concurrent players. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, okay, okay. Top 10? Top 10. Peak concurrent players. Yes. Fortnite. Yeah, that's number one. PUBG. That's number two. FIFA. Uh, not on the list here. Oh, uh, so strike one. Um, top 10 concurrent games league. Well, no, hold on. I'm looking at their numbers and I, I'm not liking these guys with their, uh, to create this list. We use a combination of get hype, steam charts and official numbers. Okay. So what do, what do they say? They've got Fortnite and PUBG. Uh, Counter-Strike go. Okay. I believe it. Uh, Dota 2. Yep. Uh, Hitman 2. What? Yeah, that's as soon as I hit number 5, I'm like, mm. Monster Hunter World. Uh, For Honor. Rainbow Six Siege. GTA 5. And Warframe. Mm, yeah, no, I'm starting to not like that list. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, once Madden comes out, I feel like Madden, you know, that's going to be a big seller, and that's not a free-to-play game. That's fair. But how many people just buy it from the online stores? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Chrome dropping the HTTPS and WWW, which I thought they did that a long time ago. They said they were going to, and then the backlash came and then they said no we won't do it yet but now yes if you update to version 76 which currently is pending on this computer that i'm recording on the https and www are going to be disappearing from my Mm. um i guess i'm on version 75 right now although it's now updating and it's at 30 percent uh chrome don't restart no no it won't restart until you tell it to restart okay because then, like, I'm I'm recording through Chrome. Yeah. Well, you're not recording that, through Chrome. What? You're you're uh, you're you're broadcasting to me through Chrome. Yes, you're recording through Chrome. Yes. But I'm I'm currently broadcasting to you, and if Chrome were to shut down, then it would lose that. So yeah, so that that's happening with Chrome seventy six. Um, 
another fun thing with Chrome 76, if you still have web pages that use Flash before, um, you could tell Chrome, hey, you know, use Flash on this web page, and it would remember to do that in the future. Now, every time you go to that page, you will have mm-hmm. to tell Chrome, yes, please use Flash. Every single time you go which, which to that page. Flash is terrible, and you yes. shouldn't have to use it. Yes, Flash is terrible, but I've got some hardware that has website interfaces that use Flash. Yeah. And also some that use Java. Yeah. And I'm not sure if there's any sort of updates to the firmware of these said devices that I work with every single day that will let me not use Flash or Java. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're kind of screwed, Andy. Yep. So, yeah, no, that's uh those are the two major things with Chrome. There's a whole bunch of other stuff there, but it's all, you know, developer-centric stuff, so but yeah, no, yeah, if you get if you update to version 76 and suddenly you're like, where's my HTTPS or where's my www? It's there. It's just not it's being not shown. showing it to you because it's stupid and useless. Mm-hmm. Just assume it's there. Yes. Uh, do you want to hit... We got a couple of space news things. Yay, space! Um, uh, one of them is unfortunately just news about news. Okay. Which is that... Later this month, Tesla, is, not Tesla, SpaceX, same thing, is planning on making an update on the status of Starship. Well, they did get the hover test, so I think they're probably just going to try a bigger hover test, right? Well, eventually, yeah, but, like, maybe they have actual plans of here's when it will launch, and here's the people who are lined up for this. Could be. How about they build a full-size rocket first before they tell me anything else? Or how about you actually try a bigger hover test rather than, you know, 20 meters? Hey. And this hey. time, this time, don't set the wild, <laughs> don't yeah, set the wilderness don't set on fire. On fire. Uh, I'd like to see you build a device that can hover for 20 meters. Well, I could get a drone, but that's... On rockets. Well, yeah, no, I don't have, you know, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos money. Money, yeah, no no one has Jeff Bezos' money except Jeff Bezos. <laughs> that's actually not true, and that's the really scary thing. It's the, the like, super ultra-rich are the ones that we actually don't know anything about. Yep. Um, other space news is the fact that Doubletree by Hilton is announcing that it will send an oven and a batch of cookie dough to the International Space Station. What? Yes. The Doubletree by Hilton, the hotel chain, was announcing that it will soon send a little oven and a batch of cookie dough up to the ISS to have the astronauts up there bake cookies in space. That doesn't seem like a good use of money. Cookies are are crummy. Yes. Not like bad, but like they, they crumb, they break. You don't want crumbs in a zero-G environment. But, you know, they're curious to see if you can actually, like, you know, bake Cook, in, space. in space. Well, I mean, so you, you definitely need a convection oven, which is to say you need to put a fan in there. Why? Like, 
This isn't just some sort of scientific test. You can cook in space. We, I'm pretty sure we know this. Uh, no, no, there, there actually hasn't been any cooking in space. They've never made, they've never baked in space. No, nobody's ever baked in space before. <sighs> Still strikes me as a bad idea. Yes, you know, the, the guy says, if something catches on fire and starts burning, you're going to have to have some way of overcoming that. You can't just open the window and let the smoke out. Yeah, well, also, it's an oxygen-rich environment, so if something catches fire, then, like, you're in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, fire in the space station. That's reason. What's the Martian say? You know, NASA really doesn't want things to burn. No, no, you don't, except the engines, and those are on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, on the ISS, food comes thermostabilized or freeze-dried in disposable pouches. So, you know, um, astronauts inject water into the freeze-dried entities and warm them up in a small oven that doesn't get any hotter than 170 degrees Fahrenheit. Which is not high enough for a Maillard reaction. Nope. They're also, uh, yeah, kind of curious about the chocolate chip cookies, yeah, for the crumbs. Um, Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Oh, they don't even get to eat the cookies? They're not going to eat the cookies? No, they don't. Son of a whore. NASA says astronauts won't actually eat the cookies because they are technically a science experiment. But yes, yeah, you shouldn't try eating your science experiments. I mean, that's how we got artificial sweetener. In microgravity, ovens lose the efficiency of their most important properties. Efficacy, sorry. Of their most important properties, convection. The tendency... If hot air to rise and fans to circulate the air to evenly distribute the heat. There's also the matter of keeping whatever you're baking in place. Nano racks created a cylinder, a cylinder shaped oven lined with heating components that can bring the interior temperature to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. It bakes one slab of cookie dough, which is held in place in a sealed tray at a time. The cookie dough hasn't been modified either, so nobody knows how the cookie dough will turn out. This, this just sounds like a generically bad idea. The, I, ov- I... the oven cleared NASA safety reviews in the spring and could hitch a ride to the space station on a resupply mission in October. So, news in October about cookies. Yes. Okay. The, uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on you, Andy, to follow up on this one. Well, somebody asked the uh, the Zero G Kitchen Company what's next, and they said, "We want to try a blender. Will it blend in space? <laughs> Will, it blend, in Will space? it blend in zero G? Probably not. Well, not zero G. Microgravity. Okay, but still, if, for all intents and purposes, microgra like zero G. Yeah. Like you're just not going to be able to because it has to sit in there. It has to get hit." Yeah. Some sort of... I'm just going to laugh because here's a thing. That blade is spinning, right? Yeah. Really fast. Yeah. Like, a lot, a lot. Yeah. When it's on Earth, so what? But (laughs) angular momentum is a thing. (laughs) The blender just starts to actually, like, you know... It's not the blender I'm worried about. The blender is going to be anchored, but it's going to be anchored to the station. 
<laughs> the when blender you turn it causes on and you the... start rotating it. The station's going <laughs> to technically start rotating in the other direction. Uh, ISS, this is uh, this is Houston. Yeah, uh, Rubigi, Houston. Um, you guys seem to be out of uh, orbital alignment. Did uh, somebody forget to uh, turn off the blender? <laughs> I, I mean, there there is a question of mass involved, right? The blades on a blender very low mass. The space station is relatively high mass. Yeah, but like that. I'm wondering how insignificant it is. Is it actually insignificant? So what, Dave, I need you to do is find somebody who knows orbital mechanics. Angular momentum of ISS. Oh, there's a flywheel. Never mind, there's no way. There's okay, a do you want to wheel in the ISS? It is a 220 pound wheel spinning at 6600 RPM. Yeah, that will probably <laughs> you probably won't be able to overcompensate for that. Basic idea if a torque induces rotation on the ISS, the wheels can rotate about their gimbals to change the angular momentum creating a counter torque. <laughs> All right, they figured it out. <laughs> I've, I assumed there was something like that, but it was just still, it was so funny to just have that option there. It's making 110 rotations a second. A 100 kilogram wheel at a 110 rotations a second. That is not a small amount. All right. Uh, is it my review? Yes, it is your review. Is it time for a review? Yes, it is time for a review. We've, we've already passed the 60-minute mark. I would like to review Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt... Okay, so Colon. this is something Zelda-related, but also VR-related? Uh, it is not actually VR-related. Oh. There may be a VR version of it, but it is not directly VR-related. In fact, I don't think there's a VR version of it, because it's for the Switch. Okay. But it is Zelda-related, right? It is Zelda, yeah. Why did you think it was VR-related? Because you've been doing VR dancing-slash-rhythm games for a while oh, now. Oh, no, no. That's that's just Beat Saber, and that's okay. the only one. And All right. No. Cadence of... In fact, you saw me playing this game, because I played it at the cabin. You might not have recognized that I was playing it, but I was playing it at the cabin. Oh, is this the thing that Brian was playing? Yeah. Okay. Is this so, thing that Brian was playing? That I noticed. Right. And he and I played it together for a little bit. Uh, it is a... a So Crypt of the Necrodancer was a rhythm-based adventure game. Which is kind of a weird thing, right? Like, how do you do a rhythm-based adventure game? Well, you have to move on the beat. You move on the beat, you attack on the beat, you you do everything on the beat, and if you don't, then it's either lower-powered or it doesn't even happen. Like, oh. the game just won't let you move off-beat. All the monsters move on the beat, they all have patterns and standard attacks, and it's, it's pretty cool, because, like, 
that's that's a fun mechanic, right? It's a very different mechanic than a lot of the other things that you're probably used to. What you see, uh, it, it it actually kind of makes sense because if you think about the speed running guys, you know yeah. they do, they don't have you know a a beat per se to follow, but a lot of that sure. stuff is basically muscle memory where they have to remember, you know, right? Yeah. So yeah, so this it, is it, it makes sense. This is. It, it's it's rhythm based. You have to follow the beat, and the music. I mean, if so, here's the other thing. If it's a rhythm based game, the music has to be on point. Yes, Crypt of the Necrodancer has a fantastic soundtrack, uh, written by Danny Borofsky, I believe is is who. Let me look that up. Just double check and make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Crypt of the Necrodancer, uh, Baranowski. And then he went and got a bunch of other chiptune artists to make music for it as well. So he wrote the original track, and then he had it covered by Jake Kaufman, by Chipzel, by a bunch of other people. Well, he he and Brace Yourself Games got permission from Nintendo to make another game called Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer which is taking all of the original game's mechanics and and framework and translating that to Legend of Zelda. It is a procedurally generated world, so it's a little different each time. The map changes. Um, some of the enemies from Necrodancer show up. Some of the enemies from Zelda show up. And some of the items from Zelda show up. And it's good. It's so good, Andy. It's the like the music is a cross between the two of them. And again, it was Danny Baranowski, but he also got a bunch of other artists to contribute and and do stuff in it. And it's so good. It's hard. Yes, I do most... not have a rhythm. <laughs> you mean you have the rhythm of a white guy? I mean, I have a rhythm of a guy who dropped out of playing percussion. Which is weird because you have a DDR pad. Yeah, but that's different. Th- Wait, how is having rhythm? <laughs> DDR and Beat Saber are different. That's just memorizing like motions and patterns. So you're thinking no that motions and patterns here. is not correlated to you know keeping to a beat? I correct because when I'm keeping to the beat in this game. It is arbitrary things that I need to do to the beat, right? I have to process, analyze, and decide based on the beat. Whereas in DDR, that's just how far away is the arrow and how fast is it moving. In Beat Saber, how far away is the block? How fast is it moving? That's not a beat that's going to a batting cage. Mm. Now, it's helpful that the, the balls are coming at you at a continuous pace. Yeah. But... This is this is different. This is not following a pattern. This is on the beat. You have to do something. That said, I'm having so much fun in this game. I'm having so even though I'm terrible at beats and keeping beats, I'm having so much fun with this game. And I got through what I thought was the map and I'm like, "Okay, cool. Final dungeon." And I go in and then it pulls a link to the past on me and it's like, "Ah, ha, ha, just kidding." That's not the final dungeon. You might be halfway through the game. Okay. So, available for Switch. I really enjoy it. I encourage other people to check it out. 
very well done game. Music is like just even if you are not going to play this game, if you just go to YouTube and you search for the soundtrack and just put that on in the background, it's so good. I could see that. Anyway, uh, random topic. Well, how much is it? What's its price? Uh, is it just Switch? I, it's just the Switch. Yep. Okay. And price is? I don't know. Let's go find out. Cadence <laughs> of Hyrule. $60. Nope, that's not it. $50. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> it is... It might be a downloadable. I didn't actually buy the, the physical. Uh, $25. $25 by digital. Yep, there it is. Yep, digital code. $60 is the new Link's Awakening, which I need to buy. 25 bucks. Definitely, definitely worth 25 bucks. If you have a Switch. Well, yeah, but if you don't have a Switch, go get a Switch. Okay, now, random topic. Hold on, I'm trying to put the random review in here since I have a couple of times forgotten to do so. Yep. Of the Necro Dancer. <laughs> there we go. In, right, random review. Roll ahead of time. Random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yep. How confident are you that the NSA has made a little file about you? If they haven't, I would be severely disappointed. Now, that little file, I mean, think about it, Andy. At this point, that little file is an entry in a database. Yes. Right? They don't need a physical piece of paper and physical file anymore. They don't no. need to compile anything. It's, it's automatic. Like, if I were a country's security intelligence agency, the first thing I would do is say, like, well, social security numbers are theoretically a unique identifier for each person in the country, which is false, but whatever. Uh, and then I just go through and generate all the social security numbers, and I'd say, all right, there we go. Now let's start filling in information. That, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, uh, am I a number on somebody's database? I feel like I would Absolutely. Be. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, again, if I'm not, someone fucked up somewhere. That's my take on it. No, I, I honestly uh, agree with you on that one. Yeah. I, I don't have anything else to say to that. Like, that's, that, yeah, I fully expect that I have a list somewhere. I'm on someone's list. I better be on someone's list. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I should be on somebody's list. I don't know what list that is. It's not going to be a very exciting list. But, you know. Andy? Yeah? Before we sign off. Yes. Go to howvaccinescauseautism.com. Oh, sorry, dot .org. Howvaccinescauseautism.org. <laughs> that was random. Yep. Friend sent me the link. Asked me to put it in. All right. All right. There we go. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>